Fort Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Sports Charlotte, the world's greatest podcast about sports in Charlotte. My name is Harv White, and I am joined by Ashley Mahoney. Hello, Ashley. Hello, and when did we become the greatest? I mean, I knew we were the, up there, but the greatest? On the planet, even. <gasps> Absolutely. In this galaxy, or are we expanding? We're always looking to expand. Okay, right. New markets and things like that. Well, well, we're talking about things that are expanding, MLS expanding to Charlotte. Everyone knows about it. It's been over a month or a couple of... You know, announcements that have come out since then. And we are back at MLS headquarters, and it has probably one of these best views in Uptown. So joining us today, we have Mark Nichols. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Pleasure to be here with you. Now, it's a lot lot sunnier, I would venture to say, than Seattle. Yes. The last two days, I think. And last (laughs) week was a lot colder than it gets in Seattle, too, though. It wanted to give you kind of that transition of, right, here's your gloom, here's your doom, and we'll bring back the North Carolina sunshine slowly. Well, I actually don't mind a bit of gloom and doom. That's very, but, um, very English. I'm, well, if, you know, if you look at this, yeah, you can see uh, <laughs> you can see how white my skin is. Hasn't seen the sun before. That's okay. You've got a couple months to prepare for, you know, training out in the summer heat and everything that'll go into that. But in the meantime, in between time, walk us through a bit of finishing up your time in Seattle. You had to go through the MLS Super Draft and then the transition here to Charlotte. Walk us through all of that. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a, of a whirlwind. Um, you know, sometimes when you leave a place, they, uh, they escort you out of the building and with a box. Um, that didn't happen in Seattle, fortunately. I had a few projects that I was finishing up. One was the, the Super Draft and the selection of those players. And the other was getting the academy and the USL team especially prepared regarding pre-season. I had to actually finalise a couple of signings for the USL that I'd been working on. So it's actually quite a nice way to leave, if, if, if there is such a thing. Um, and uh, I'm uh, very proud of the work that we did there. And um, I think that the place will be set up for years to come, hopefully. Walk us through how this opportunity in Charlotte presented itself. It started about, it may have been, I'm a bit fuzzy here, but maybe a year ago, um, I received a call and talked about this being a possibility for the future I didn't think perhaps such the near future um, but it was a very loose conversation and then that was followed up by a meeting in Seattle just uh, as, a, as a member here was uh, visiting the Seahawks and that then turned into a presentation that I delivered here in October and into more of a formal interview, meet, greet um, over Thanksgiving week when I think by then it was becoming apparent that this was moving a little bit quicker than we first thought. What about the opportunity made you say, all right, you know, Seattle's been great, but this is the opportunity to pursue? Yes, yeah, Seattle has been great, and it's a wonderful club, and I have a lot of fond memories, and obviously a tough place to leave. Um, but there's a, there's a lot to do with this that I think really the stars have aligned for me. Um, one is obviously knowing the area, the people, the market. Um, my girls grew up here. We spent, you know, sort of their formative years here, eight years in North Carolina. So we have a strong attachment to it. And the other is, from a, from a global perspective, is you know this really unique uh, opportunity to start a club from nothing. Um, you know, my club, Wolves in England, we were founded in 1877. 
and so to start and found you know be a founding member so to speak of a club that started in 2021 is um, quite a quite an interesting opportunity. We touched on that before about <clears throat> the history and the tradition that you know is in something that's been around for over a century versus something that is brand new. You get to put your stamp on it and mm. the benefits of tradition to fall back on the legacy that's there, but at the same time, the matter of saying, um, build it into whatever you can. If you can dream it, build it. If you build it, they will come. We'll throw in a bit of baseball field. The dreams references there, but what do you envision with this club? Well, that's a, that's a, that's a great question. Obviously, there are lots of benchmarks that have been set by um, new franchises. Um, we are going to be different. We're going to be uh, Charlotte. Now, what does what does that mean? I think we're still exploring that. But I think it's really important because if this was in Chicago or Miami or Portland or wherever else it might be, it would be a different approach. So what is the fabric of, of North Carolina? What is the uh, homegrown territory? What is the... Um, aspiration of ownership and senior management in terms of what we want to see on the field and put on the field. And so we're, we're working on that in terms of our vision, values, um, way of playing. Um, but to be very simple, we want to be entertaining, we want to be dynamic, and um, we want to have a team that's going to work very, very hard um, for each other. And we want to have a academy programme and reserve team programme that, that follows that same path, those same values. So essentially we, we want to build a club and we want to build a club that's unique to Charlotte. When you look at the league you have, obviously coming in with experience from Seattle of course, but <coughs> you're joined by the other three team members at this time who don't have as much MLS experience per se, so what can you tell us and you know, people in Charlotte have been like, okay I love the game, I love soccer, but Charlotte doesn't have an MLS team. I don't really pay attention to it. It's just there. And they're like, oh, it's here. I have to pay attention to it. What can you tell them about you know, the nature of the league? I mean, obviously, it's not even 30 I'm avoiding it at all costs. Kinetta. 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 Okay. That's what I'm going with. I all hope right. I'm right. Um, <laughs> Me too. Uh, yeah. He um, obviously has a, a background in, in the in the agent world, the business world, and um, irrelevant of what we all do and say and make a nice PowerPoint. You know, this this will be determined by the quality of the players on the field and what we're able to get in terms of the salary cap, the quality of the players. Um, so uh, a really great leader, wonderful human. I'm really looking forward to getting to know him more. And then Thomas, of course, has a great background in scouting, not only in Europe, but also in South America, which is sort of a proven pathway, stepping stone, if you like, via MLS. Um, and then, yeah, myself, who has a little bit of knowledge about the Academy, the USL, the MLS itself. So I think in that, we have a quite a, a good technical, technical uh, committee, technical team, if you like. Then, of course, Dustin, who's very much in tune with the community and being here for a long time, played here, seems to know everybody here. Probably the nicest person I've ever met, and it's, I don't, he doesn't drink coffee, which for me, I'm like, I'm on my third cup, and I'm still maybe not the nicest person ever, and he's just, I don't drink coffee, I'm just a ray of sunshine on my own, so. Yeah, that, kind that of enthusiasm, <laughs> I'm suspicious of it, you know, um, <laughs> I'm not quite sure how he, he has that, um, but 
I, I never drank coffee till it's Seattle, but now I'm, I've had four cups actually today. Well, you're loading up. You're ahead of me. Yeah, I need to actually. I'm, I, was, I was thinking about it yesterday, thinking maybe I need to slow down a fraction. But have you found a given coffee place here in Charlotte that you enjoy, or in, it's just you know I've been? It's been a little bit random at the moment. Okay. Um, but uh, I'm sure I will. As a technical director, you know, understanding that soccer is done differently than other sports in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, as technical director, explain to folks who may not necessarily understand what that title means and what is the equivalent to, let's say, football, baseball, or basketball? Is that equivalent to the general manager or is that something totally different? Yeah, titles can be confusing. Um, typically in in soccer, there would be a GM and probably a sporting director. Certainly that was the model in Seattle. But there's also models where it's sporting director, technical director. Um, and the technical director essentially is about unifying departments regarding the, the game model, how we're going to play, how we're going to coach, how we're going to teach, um, the way of playing. It's very much for me right now about the infrastructure, so setting up the youth academy, laser with local clubs. It's going to be a lot of hiring, as you can imagine, in, in, in year one and, and profiles of the people that we want in order to make sure that we have a unified club, a unified voice in terms of all of the aspects that, that come together with, with defining and, and building uh, Club like this. So is it sort of like an operations job where you bring all these different parts of the organization together to run as one machine? It's certainly that, that what you talked about there is is, is 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 accurate. But I think there's also when we when we say the word technical, um, you know, I have people reaching out to me with uh, you know, do you want to be upgraded to Adobe? I hear that you're the technical director. I'm like, no, this not quite what the role is it's not a computer science role mm-hmm. um, when we say technical we're talking about the game and often we're talking about the, the, the technique the tactics the physical the mental aspects of actually playing performing um, way of playing system of play playing principles and so it's a technical role in the sense that that has to permeate all the way through the club from a playing philosophy perspective you have Obviously, roots in Europe, in the way that soccer is played there. You grew up on it, fan of it, I trust. When you are in the position that you are in now, is this an opportunity to maybe introduce some things to this franchise that maybe other MLS teams aren't doing in terms of some European whether it's tactics or organizational things that maybe MLS clubs haven't done? Yeah, we certainly want to think differently and have our own unique way. Um, You know, I think the growth of MLS has been quite fascinating. There are lots of very good clubs, of course, that are already doing lots of things. And just like everything in in every sport, we're always looking for the the next best thing to find an edge, some marginal gains. Um, I think when it comes to us, there'll be some differences in the way that we recruit and attract talent in terms of our scouting network. Um, we will be looking at analytics a little bit more maybe than others, and not only in the recruitment of players, but also in how you play the game. Um, just like lots of sports, there are certain accepted norms and ways of doing, and when you actually question them, um, you can be quite frowned upon. Yeah. 
Um, and what I like very much about the people here that I'm working with is that everyone's very open-minded and searching for that. And we think that maybe there's a couple of things, we'll see over time, that we can gain from, um, that can give us a few extra uh, goals, points, wins over the, the course of the uh, time that we're here. Success over 20, the 2021 season, what has to happen between now and the end of January of 2020 to reach That's a, that's a big question. Um, well, Short as you can see, as you can see from the office, <laughs> it's quite sparse. Um, so obviously, the first thing we need to do is, is, to, is to hire. Um, but, but even before that, as, we, as we're going through this process, we have to be looking at the profiles of the kind of people that we want to hire and the kind of jobs um, and the jobs that we have in terms of, from a technical perspective, from the playing, coaching, methodological perspective. Um, we're looking for experts. Um, and you know you have a lot of people involved in the game because they need to make a living so they do a bit of this and that we're looking for some very specific things um, and that's not easy and the hiring process is really important because you know we're, we're in a we're at a time where we can either gain it or we can lose time mm-hmm. and by getting it wrong in the hiring process you have to be patient because you have to gain the time and the, obviously the, the, the better people the, the more qualified the better fit that you have, the more successful you're going to be in the long term. So there's definitely, we all know that we're starting next year, but there's definitely a thought towards three to five years also and and getting that right. Um, So with the hiring part, and there's obviously a process involved there, then there'll be the setting up of a youth academy, which we'll uh, do starting in, in August. And what that will look like yet, we're still to discover. I'm going out there in the month of February to to look, learn, and see. Um, MLS and USL don't begin till March, so have a little time here. To uh, I've met, met already with all the local club directors, and um, there's real excitement and real positivity from, from that perspective in terms of unifying the market and making something quite special that everybody's involved in. Um, and then there's the obvious in terms of um, scouting talent for our first team and academy, and hiring the, the coaches that are going to execute the vision. Uh, and that brings me to the vision and the mission and all the other things that come with a club, and that's designing that and putting that together in a collaborative way over the next six weeks to two months. If you're looking at the academy, for instance, this franchise is not a Charlotte franchise per se. It's probably going to be more of a regional franchise. How many people are you going to have to hire in order to put together the academy, do the scouting, bring these kids together on the one umbrella, and then turn them loose on the rest of the world? So, from a general academy perspective, you're probably talking a fully blown academy which has starts at under 12 and goes all the way through to a reserve team. You're probably talking 30 people. Um, now, it's unlikely that we will start in August with 30 people and, and what I just described. So we have to figure out not only the, the, the best way forward, but also it's something that we want to do right and well from the start. And so it would probably be a smaller version of that, is the, is the in, uh, initial thought and instinct. Of course, we'll have to wait and see um, when we get out in the market, the, the level of play and the infrastructure that we're trying to build. 
So I would imagine from a academy perspective, we're probably talking 10 people between now and the summer. Um, and then periodically adding to that as we grow, add teams, programs, facilities, and all the other things that come with a multifaceted department. Um, but if you think about it from a playing perspective, we have to hire 20 young players per team. With the academy, obviously, it's hire as a loose term, we don't actually pay them yet. Um, and 30 professional players for our first team. Um, so on the one hand, you know, we're talking about our staff, but there's also the, the, the player piece of it too, which obviously comes with recruitment, scouting, and all the other things that come with attracting players to you. So, so is that strictly the, the Carolinas that you'll scout, or is that as long as you're not encroaching on, let's say, Atlanta United or D.C. United, is everything else fair game? Yeah, so our, each MLS academy has homegrown territories, which are their own. Um, in Los Angeles, for example, it's um, 75 miles from their training ground, which is 18 million people. You know, you, sh- you shake the tree in LA, and a soccer player falls out. At least one. Um, uh, whereas, you know, here we have to we have to be a little bit more um, calculated. Uh, it's, a, it's a vaster space, obviously, so we have to form relationships with people and build an academy network of scouting for the young players. Um, but the good news about that is all the raw materials are here. Wonderful facilities, great weather, uh, rich soccer culture and tradition in terms of um, the youth game and uh, developing professionals. Um, and it's just a question of us mining it and, and doing that in the, in the right way, in a respectful way, and building it. Um, so I think from that perspective, um, there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of excitement. You mentioned the reserve side. Will that look like a USL championship side? Yeah, so we're going to take a year to look at that. Um, obviously, we have a first team to get going this time next year. So we have to make sure that in terms of resources, how much do we take on in the interim and how do we build that. Over time, yes, we will have a reserve team. What that looks like, uh, is, 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 we, yet, we yet to find out. There's contractual stuff that going on with, with USL in terms of um, their own CBA. There's USL and MLS's relationship, which ends in a year. Um, there's some really interesting ideas banded around in within MLS circles and, and guys like myself at various clubs about what that could look like. And where we're fortunate is that we can just sit back and, and, and take a look at the landscape and, and see what's best for us at the, the appropriate time. So this club does not have to go the USL reserve team route. It could just be a matter of this is all in-house, this is all under this umbrella. Just mm. Let the, the existing... Well, everyone knows there's the USL championships with the Charlotte Independence. And, of course, the question of what happens to that club now that MLS is here pardon me <clears throat> apparently I'm losing my voice today but what what does all of that look like with the independence or is this just a matter of they existed they're not part of this company organization franchise etc they go on their merry way do whatever it is they're going to do Charlotte MLS takes care of Charlotte MLS no I think that there's a, there's a genuine interest from, from our end in, in working with everybody and sharing the, the ecosystem, you know, we don't want to come in here and be the big bad wolf 
Um, and so um, I've already reached out to the independents. For example, I've met with the youth technical director. I'm going to meet with the head coach. Mm-hmm. And we think that there's, there's going to be some very natural things that we can share and, and work together on. Mm-hmm. What that looks like in the future, I think, is we can, we can, we can date very slowly and, and, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, from an, an overall MLS perspective, we don't have to do anything mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, and my instinct all my decision of course would be just to, to to wait and see and that's part of partly because of the uncertainty with the collective bargaining agreement with USL and the relationship with MLS so it's actually an, an advantage at this point because unlike other clubs you know, they have to kind of figure out how they want to do things but now all you have to do is wait until everything is in place and then you just go with it Yes, it's quite nice actually to be able to. But sometimes, if, you, if you're forced into making a decision, it can you can make the, the wrong one. And um, you know, we want to make informed decisions here and take a view of the long term, um, which is another part of, of this role. Um, of course, I want us to win every Saturday, but I don't have to be obsessed about winning on Saturday. For me, I'm looking three, five, ten years into the future in terms of what what we want here. And, you know, it's all on the same. We want to set up. Um, system structures for the, for the future for the long term success um, a sustainable club and so yeah we are in a sort of a luxury position in that sense um, but also in a position where we're not you know we have to do what's right for us and for our players and in order to develop them for the highest standard um, so obviously there'll be guidelines from MLS and, and, and there'll be certain Things that are mandated or expected that we'll, we'll adhere to. Um, but for the right now, we've, we've been in a slight state of flux. We can uh, focus on what we need to, which is uh, kick off in a year and um, everything else that goes with that. And a lot of people, they're hung up on, okay, what are the kits going to look like? What's the team name going to be? What's actually happening with these Ball side and the political side of things, and that 110 million, and when will the vote happen, and all of the things that come with something like this. But at the same time, there's the elusive, all right, who's the first signing going to be? Who's the first head coach, manager, insert given term here? But how much of things like, you know, the head coach is a matter of, you know, people will see it in Europe all the time of, something that my story you love to say you're fired hired to be fired not fired to be hired which I guess in a manner of speaking it kind of works but actually implementing the staff around your head coach slash manager how much precedence does that take over saying all right this is the guy who's going to be the face who's going to have to deal with all of the questions from media members like us you know after training or post-match etc um, if I understand the question correctly, the uh, the head coach is part of the club, um, and, the, and the reason that I, I, I clarify that is, in some clubs the head coach is everything, he makes all the decisions, and the problem with that is, when he leaves, you know, and everyone says fired, but you know, we'd like to plan for success too, so maybe he goes on to bigger, better things. Um, the club falls apart, and all the intellectual knowledge and way of doing leaves with him so we're very cautious to not let that happen 
So I want to build departments around that and set up the head coach for success in, in that respect. And also now, if you're a head coach and you're a good one and you're doing it right, you don't have time. You don't have time to, to do the scouting. You don't have time to be involved in the, in the youth academy. You don't have time to do all of the contracts because you, you, you're busy being the head coach. And so our, our idea is to set that head coach up for success by really allowing him to focus on the job, which is to develop the players, improve the players, make the team perform well at the weekend. So it's a little bit of here are all the tools that you need, they're already here for you, and go do what you've been hired to do instead of, oh, here's the head coach and you're going to expect him to make all the decisions going into everything else. It's very much the former. But of course, any, any head coach that we, <coughs> that we hire, it's quite natural for him to say, I really want to bring in this assistant mm-hmm. or maybe this other person who is my long-time analyst or goalkeeper coach. Um, but we just don't want him to bring in an army. <laughs> this is not an invasion, merely an augmentation of the staff, if you will. Correct. So with this entire process, you know, there's obviously a lot of work to do, but there's a bit of excitement with it as well. What are you most excited for leading up to the inaugural season? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I'm excited every day, which is quite unusual for me. Um <laughs> In terms of sort of moments or momentum, it will be nice, of course, when we have the, the launch of the, the brand and the name. I think it's really interesting when you launch the first kit. Um, you know, it's just all, all of a sudden this this reality begins to, you know, it starts to become more and more real, doesn't it? Um, I'm particularly excited about the young talent and looking at the academy process and the young players and forming those groups and watching them play, which will happen, of course, before the, the first team hits the field. Um, and then just, you know, to, to, the things that you mentioned, the hiring of the coach, the, the, the signing of the players, the scouting of the players. I, I quite like all of the, the process involved in all of it too, um, which many people might not, but um, for me, I'm, I'm quite fascinated by that part of the building of, of our club. So you're more of a nuts and bolts guy. The infrastructure of putting together a franchise. Yeah, I think that maybe it's something that that could be overlooked. Um, but as you, how you start really, I think sets the tone for who you are and who you become. And so for me, it's really important that we do things um, diligently, professionally, respectfully, right from the start, with a very clear. Um, vision and, um, and harmony, if you like, within within the group. So, in terms of wins, losses, draws, all that stuff is what history will remember. But in your position, it sounds as if it's like, all that's fine, but my job is to make sure that game day gives our group a maximum opportunity to get wins. Is that close? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in many ways, that's right. Now, when it comes to Saturday, I want to win more than anyone. Um, and so I don't want it to sound like it's, it's like I'm some sort of snowflake or this is fluff. <laughs> um, but, you know, with soccer being such a low-scoring sport, it can, it's, quite, it's quite a random game at times. 
And so the process of what is a good performance um, is more important than did we win or lose. And you can measure performances in different ways, um, knowing that if you if you reach a goal in terms of performance, you're going to win a lot more than you lose. And so, on the one hand, yes, you're absolutely right. It's more to do with process and a longer-term strategy. On the other hand, I'll uh, you know when when the, when kickoff comes, I'm I'm a fan just like you, guys. Well, I mean, we've discussed this, and you know where my fandom soul and struggles lie, but it's okay. We won over the weekend. <laughs> Took us playing on a waterlogged field and all of that fun stuff, but you will have much better conditions here. You'll have tip-top conditions at Bank of America Stadium, and it's I mean, I'm biased, but it's a grass field, and it's beautiful. Yeah, none of that artificial stuff. No Ooh. offense to Seattle or Atlanta. It's okay, I'll throw all the shade. You shouldn't be playing on turf. <laughs> yeah, in- if a cow can't eat it, why bother? <laughs> well, Mark, thank you so much for joining us today on Sports Charlotte. We look forward to seeing everything develop and Hopefully, next time we have you on, you'll have a new coffee spot for me to try. All right, I'll try my best. Thank you, guys. <laughs> I mean, hey, so, someone's got to drink all the coffee. You're not drinking any, boss. Nope, <laughs> I don't touch the stuff. Perfectly good waste of hot water. <sighs> but anyway, take us out with the disclaimer du jour. And I left my coffee in the car. That's okay. In the meantime, in between time, head over to Queen City Podcast Network. You can check us out there. You can check out all of the fabulous podcasts that are happening in Charlotte. There are plenty of things for you to listen to, but make sure that you subscribe to our QCFC newsletter. Volume 6 comes out next week to kick off February. There you can find this podcast, tons of stories about everything happening soccer-related in Charlotte. And every Thursday, you will find us in the Charlotte Post print sports section, because print is not in. Or just head over to thecharlottepost.com and check out everything that's going on over there. Until next time, I am your host, Ashley Mahoney. And I'm Herb White with Mark Nichols of Charlotte MLS. Thanks for listening. <laughs>